The following is a broadcast service of Kentucky Wesleyan College and WKWC 90.3 FM. Welcome to the Wesleyan Airway, a show where we get to talk to many interesting people over a plethora of wonderful topics. Today, I am humbled to have on the show Dr. Jim Coleman, professor in religion and the new director of campus ministries. And Jim, thank you for coming aboard. We gave you another full-time job and you still are able to show up on the radio. Well, thanks for the invitation. This is uh, communicating is what I like to do. And you do it very well. So I... Don't know that I've actually had you on the radio show before. No, this uh, and, is our first and, time. And, and, and it's been much too long. So what I generally ask my guests, and, and I think you're very well known regardless, but I always ask my guest to give me a quick rundown of your life from birth to now sitting in that chair in, in the studio. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, well, uh, I'm originally from the state of Missouri. Um, and uh, spent or my early life in Kansas City. We then moved south of Kansas City about 50 miles. Kansas City has moved that way south. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, uh, for anyone in that area, you would hear from them that uh, several decades ago, they built a, the uh, airport in Kansas City to the north, expecting it to move that way. It moved to the south. Oh, now, now the airport's so even more isolated. The, ca- the cab companies <laughs> love it. Yes. <laughs> you, uh, you have to uh, take a cab to get out to the airport. Uh, and then, um, uh, of course, uh, high school years there. Uh, went to Missouri State University mm-hmm. as my undergraduate. Stayed there and got a master's mm-hmm. uh, in speech communication. What was your undergraduate degree? Well, uh, so, you know, I was a typical student in that it took me a little while to kind of, you know, to kind of um, settle in to what that was going to be. Sure. I, I was a religion, a religious studies major. Okay. And uh, then took some communication courses, speech communication courses, uh, public speaking mm-hmm. uh, and uh, interpersonal communication. And wow, something just sparked. That's great. So I had a conversation with my advisor, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I, I today, you know, treasure these conversations with students because I know how important they can be. I mean, to really listen to where they are and what they're thinking. And I had an advisor that did that. I mean, he truly, um, he was, uh, his mind and thoughts and focus was on me, not on something else right. as we talked. Right. And uh, so he said, you know, I think what you're headed for uh, is an individualized study okay. uh, where you combine your, you can create a major, if you can justify that to our committee, you can create a major that you think suits you. And he said, would you like to have a religious communication uh, major where you can take more courses in communication, but still keep your religion focus? Mm-hmm. And that was... Um, that was um, what came about. It was really great. So, so religious community, a bachelor of science in religious communication was really. See, that's why you, 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 we always tell students today: take control of your education, and you are a just a grand example of that. You talk about when you uh, picking a major and, and the advising aspect of it. I really wish students would not pick a major in year one. Because over 50% of them are going to change it regardless. Right. And then they feel like they've done something wrong, which they never have. They've just discovered a whole new avenue of love that they want to bring in in, in terms of their education. Yeah. And a part of our goal as a liberal arts college is to expose students. And hopefully they've had some kind of, in high school, hopefully their hori- horizons got larger. Correct. But we bring them into the college setting 
and they're exposed to more ideas than they've been exposed to before. And maybe to use the language I used a while ago, something in them just awakens. Yes. And they never knew about this before. Yes. You mean people do this? People think about these things? Uh, people get paid to do these things. Uh, and uh, it's a great kind of moment when you're with a student that that happens. And, I agree. Uh, so some of them, they do know when they're six years old that they sure. want to be a veterinarian. And that's great. Um, but it also, we create a culture where it's also great when I change my mind and I discover something. You know? and, and the institution can be nimble enough to allow for you to do that and still get you out on your career path in a decent period of time. Yeah. And, you know, every now and then, of course, if the change is made quickly enough, you've been taking a lot of general education requirements anyway. You haven't, don't have all your credit hours invested in your major. But, um, and I know this is different when you're maybe hearing these words when you're 20 or so, but um, another year of your life to, to make a change and spend another year of your life in education going in the direction which you now feel you need to, to go, that's, uh, that's easy. And it's such, when you look back on it, it is such a small yeah. period of time. And you're right, though, at, at 18 or 19, that time seems to be drawn out much more. Well, a, a whole nother year. I mean, if you're 19, right. you know, another year is one nineteenth of <laughs> your right. life. <laughs> right. It's, it's different when you're 50. Yeah. Uh, but, and, and here is where good advising comes into play. And you were talking about, you were exposed to good advisors. I know you're a good advisor. Um, so we, we've gotten up through your undergraduate career. You yeah. designed your own major. You decided you wanted a little more education. You went to get your master's in... Speech communication. Speech communication. And so I was a TA during that time. Mm-hmm. I taught uh, public speaking, uh, interpersonal communication. Through the years, my master's really became very... I don't often use this language, but it became very marketable. You know, actually, they didn't want someone teaching what I taught who had a PhD at that time. I was more useful as we lived in different places during this period of our early marriage and our lives, sure. um, to have my MA in speech communication just made so many things available to me. So I taught family communication, one of the favorite things I've really ever taught. What is family communication? How do you go about, uh, you pull the whole family in and... Well, no, it's not a counseling setting okay. as, as much as it is to understand the link between our communication patterns okay. in the family context. Give me an example um, so if you can. So, for an example, families have rules. Mm-hmm. They're often unspoken <laughs> because you grow up in a family and that's always the rule. It's it's the fish in water type right, thing. Right, right. Uh, and it, sometimes those rules aren't fully understood until uh, you get married or you go or you have some other kind of relationship where the family rules of that other person in the relationship were very different. And, you know, just trying to come to an understanding. And if you're creating your own family, what will be the rules for for them? <clears throat> you know, will it be <clears throat> the rules you've experienced or will it be the rules that your spouse This is starting to sound much more complicated than counseling. It can be, yeah, or it can lead to it. Uh, well, so how uh, would you go about you talk to young couples, you talk to individuals, uh, how, and, and what context were you doing this type of Well, of the, the courses I taught in that were, were really textbook kind of courses. And so, so you, oh, this was an academic setting yeah, for you? Yeah, this was okay. an academic okay. setting. Okay. Right. Yeah. So we would learn the patterns um, of the nuclear family. Um, what, is it, what does it mean? How does the... Di- 
dynamic of communication change through the stages of life? Ah, okay. Um, how how is interpersonal communication different between a couple than it is between them and their children? Right. You know, there's all kinds of uh, changes there in the way messages are constructed and received. So and that is, is just fascinating. Isn't it fascinating. It is. It yeah. is. My my uh, Rhonda and I, my wife, uh, we've never had our own children, so our method of communication with children has never really changed from just being able to spoil our nieces and nephews horribly and <laughs> right. then walk away and, and leave it to the parents to tidy Pick up, up the, the mess. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I still don't feel guilty about that. I, <laughs> well, uh, I, I think that's a part of the expectation is that you have a certain role and you live into that role. So, <laughs> um, so, so you, you, when I you taught, taught that, for a number of years, okay. I taught for a number of years in that field. That's really my first academic field is speech communication. Uh, and mostly taught public speaking, okay, uh, which is is such a foundational um, skill in a democracy. It is. Uh, I, I never ever entered the classroom thinking that what I was teaching was not um, important. Mm-hmm. Uh, and students had to. Some of them had to um, uh, come to that understanding. You know, this is not a course that I just have to take. This is a life skills course. Correct. This has impact on my relationships. It has impact on my work. Um, it, it has it has a whole life type impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the construction of dis, uh, discernible uh, information, you know, and of course we also study persuasion in public speaking. And what is it, what are persuasive techniques that are ethical? Right. What are unethical? persuasive techniques. So um, all of that just felt so crucial. And and it also, you know, most of us aren't uh, comfortable as communicators. We're not born comfortable as communicators. There are some extroverts and, and, you know, and all of that. But most of us, when you place us in a public speaking setting, it requires growth. It does. And when they do surveys of greatest fears... Public oh. speaking often ranks above death. People would rather die than speak in public. I, th- I think they link those two. They, I mean, both those go- <laughs> There's a close correlation. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, and so it was gratifying to see students who knew they could do that mm-hmm. uh, and who would now use this life skill in all kinds of settings. And the confidence one gains is just oh, amazing. Yes. Oh, yes. And and I see that here, uh, you're not in front of an audience live. Well, we are to an extent. Mm-hmm. They're not sitting in front looking at you. But what, what uh, Derek has done with the radio station, growing it up to almost oh, 30 yes. students and the confidence they gain being on air, knowing that they're speaking to an audience, knowing that they're going to get feedback or can get feedback, yeah. but just watching that growth. And it is amazing. And, and you see that's the same type of thing you see in the classroom when, when it goes correctly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the uh, there, there's sometimes very little daylight between the the acad- the what feels academic and then what feels more practical. Correct. And the longer that you uh, are a learner, uh, and you see that your knowledge goes somewhere. You know, it goes into daily life. So if there's not strictly this world, we don't put this, you know, wall between academic learning. And life experience. Well, and there should never be that wall, right? Yeah. And and that is a, a huge misnomer that academics, we need to communicate better that there is not that wall because we 
obviously in society, there's that thought process there is. And, and so yes. that means we have not communicated well enough the importance of education to practical everyday life. Right. And, and you know, just the love of learning. Oh, I, gosh, I think yes. what, whatever pathway someone chooses in life, it may be a, a skill uh, that uh, their educational pathway looks different than someone else's educational pathway. But I, I have run into people of, of all kinds of backgrounds as far as work, and uh, they all, the difference between, the main difference between them is whether there seems to be a love of learning there. Correct. Or a resistance to learning. Well, the, the best piece of advice I ever received, and I won't go through the entire story, but the, the end of it came down to we always know about 5% of what we need to know. <laughs> and it doesn't matter at which point we are in life. It does not matter at which point we are with our own profession. We always know about 5%. And it's a matter of our base, but learning is always exponential. It always goes out exponentially. Yes. And if you think you know more than 5% of what you should, chances are you know less. And that has been my adage my entire life. I, I think I know hopefully about 5% of what I need to know. What else do I need to do to try yeah. to keep up? And, and with me, it's always keeping up with that, with that 5%. And I love doing it. And my hope is that is what we instill upon our students by the time they leave Kentucky Wesleyan College. Lifelong learning. Correct. The 5% uh, and, rule, I call it. Yeah. And not only, and, and there's the part that we might call a need, but there's also the want. Uh, you know, I want yes. to be a growing, learning person. And I think I said a moment ago, there are certain things essential to a democracy, and that's one of them. It a is. A spirit of exploration. Um, a, a, well, an educated populace and a spirit of exploration mm -hmm. are both so crucially important. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and, and I agree with you entirely. So Jim, I, we have a bit of a problem. Okay. We are already butting up against the, the 15 minutes, and we have not talked about your ministry. Oh, okay. Here's what I would like to do. Yes. I think we should close today. Fine. Because we're at the time limit, and I would like to bring you back at some point for a part two. You bet. Wonderful, because you have an entire other career at Kentucky Wesleyan College and with the local diocese and, and, and church, and I, mm -hmm. we have to explore that because the interest in that is, is incredible. Okay. I'll be glad All right. to. So we are going to close off today, and... As with all my guests, I would love to give you the last word for our audience. Well, um, I think what you picked up on today, uh, if you've been listening in, is that uh, we have a robust sense at Kentucky Wesleyan of the connection between learning and life. Yeah. So that's my last word. And that is a wonderful <laughs> word. We'll end it right there. Be good to each other. And best of all, be good to yourself. And until next time, goodbye. The proceeding was a broadcast service of Kentucky Wesleyan College and WKWC. Cannot be reproduced, rebroadcast, or recorded without written permission by the show's host, WKWC, or Kentucky Wesleyan College.